This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Ashley. A little special podcast we got going on here today. We've got Greg Barnes and Buck Sanders with me to talk Carolina 2021 football schedule. It is out, finally. January 28th, ACC drops the league slates across the board. Before we get started, let me tell you to rate us, review us, and subscribe on Apple iPod, Apple iTunes, however you get your podcast, and also subscribe on YouTube to get all this content delivered straight to your smart device. And also support Johnny T-Shirt. They are our great sponsors. I'll talk about them a little bit later. Buck Sanders, right off, I'll come to the Presidente. I think the schedule works out pretty good for North Carolina. I do think so as well, Tommy. Uh, of course, there's the leadoff game with Virginia Tech, and which we can talk about down the stretch. But uh, I, I thought that it would be better for the UNC schedule to be backloaded rather than front-loaded. And the reason I think that is because – uh, it takes a while for the offense to hit its stride and North Carolina has a bunch of uh, defensive players coming in that could really help them in the 2021 class. So it was my thought initially, it would be better for the, the schedule to be backloaded rather than front loaded and my looking at it. And some people will, you know, uh, ding me on this, but I think the three toughest teams they have to play in 2021 or Miami, Notre Dame, and NC State. And that's the NC State pieces where I'll get dinged. But uh, I think it's a, probably about as good a schedule as uh, North Carolina could have hoped for. Greg, your overall thoughts. I mean, seven home games, which is good. Um, Wake Forest back on there at home as a non-conference game, um, which is always interesting. Um, but to to Buck's point, when you gloss over overall, I think it's middle loaded. But anyway, what's your thought? Yeah, I certainly understand Buck's point about it being backloaded, and I would just I would, I would agree with him about Miami and Notre Dame, and probably NC State being the the three toughest games. But I, I think this year, um, partly because of the fact that the NCAA has its eligibility rule in place. So teams like Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh, for example, are benefiting more so than others because they're getting some key starters back that otherwise would have exhausted eligibility last year. Um, and also because you've got a number of, of quarterbacks returning, and that's not always the case. So I think the ACC is actually going to be significantly better next year than it was this year. 
and so because of that, while, while I do agree that it's backloaded, I think there are tough games throughout. And there are enough games, Duke, um, which should give North Carolina a little bit of a breather. But they're going to have to play well early. Uh, but but I, I totally agree with the idea that North Carolina is going to need to rely on some of those freshmen coming in, especially on the defensive side. And that should help them in the second half of the season against some of these tougher teams. But let's look at let's let's do the out of conference first. Um, and it's weird talking about Wake Forest as an out of conference game, and then Notre Dame when they were in it last year. Uh, but I think you know this is two clear wins, uh, two blowout wins, and then you know, Wake Forest is always sneaky. I don't know what they'll have next year. I haven't really researched them. Um, but that was a, a tough game for Carolina this year. And then at Notre Dame, that's the bellwether game for the season. I mean, that could be that could be a top five, top ten matchup without question in South Bend. Um, but how do you like the makeup of the out-of-conference out of portion of this deal? Well, you know, it's, for me, I don't think it's a bad time to play Notre Dame. I mean, they get – a bye week ahead of Notre Dame. Um, I don't think Notre Dame is going to be quite as good as they were last year. Um, it remains to be seen, you know, where North Carolina is at that point. But I, I do think it's worthwhile to talk about. We're looking at the schedule from this point forward, and we really don't know what the roster makeup is going to be at you know, in fall camp, we don't know what the roster makeup is going to be when they match up on, uh, October 30th. And, and Tommy, I, I do plan on trying to go to that South Bend game. I've never been to South Bend. I think I'm going to go this year. So definitely uh, worth the trip. hundred percent. I, I, I think I'm going to go to Pittsburgh and to Notre Dame because those are the only two ACC stadiums. Well, Notre Dame is not really ACC, but those are the only two uh, stadiums I haven't been to. So I, I think I might plan on making that trip, but uh, we do need to caveat all of this by saying that it, it doesn't just matter, you know, where these teams are when they come out of fall camp, it matters when they match up. Uh, so there's a lot we don't know about when uh, North Carolina is playing these teams uh, for us to, predict at this point, you know, how they would fare, uh, going forward is, is kind of a crapshoot. So, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with all of that. I do think that based on what we know now, um, Miami, Notre Dame, NC state may be the three toughest games that North Carolina play. And I like where they are in the schedule. Although, the Virginia Tech game is interesting in a lot of ways. Number one, if Virginia Tech loses that game, all we're going to be talking about from this point forward is whether Fuente will survive the season. And Fuente knows that, so he's going to have his team prepared. On the flip side of the coin, Mac Brown knows that his team is going to be ranked in the top 10, uh, in the top 10 or somewhere close to the top 10. And so if he doesn't win that game, then, uh, North Carolina's prospects for 2021 take a hit and whoever wins that game 
as Mark Packer and West Durham both said this morning, plants a flag uh, for the Coastal Championship. So uh, all those things are uh, a part of what we're looking at. And again, what we're going to, what we know now is not as much as what we're going to know when we get out of fall camp. Oh yeah. You better get your predictions ready. Cause come, uh, August 25th, we're going to be doing our fame inside Carolina. Well, since I uh, cleaned y'all's clock last uh, time, uh, it's 2020, man. It doesn't count. It's asterisk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Greg, with that being said, I mean, we, we are assuming that everything will be close to back to normal so that the schedule will go off um as it is now we shall soon we shall see soon enough but let me ask you this aspect of it i've always liked the idea of teams opening with a big game a lot of people don't a lot of people like to ease into it with an out of conference you know georgia state if you're looking at this or a wofford but I feel like this this game against Virginia Tech up there, whether it's Thursday or Friday, gives Carolina, gives Mac Brown a something to look at all year other than just the first game. It is a meaningful game. Like Buck said, it is hugely important on the season. Uh, your take on that idea? Well, I certainly agree that with it being Virginia Tech and being somewhat of a rival, especially in the Coastal Division, that's beneficial for motivation in the offseason, no doubt about it. Uh, but like Buck, I watched the, the ACC Network morning show. Um, I don't know if cringe is the right word. Uh, certainly disagreed with the take that they were presenting. Um, because if you look at these two programs, one is going like this and one is going like that. Um, and so I don't think there's any question North Carolina will be a heavy favorite in this game. Uh, the Hokies are 19 and 18 over the past three seasons. Uh, had a lot of people leave in the offseason. Lost Hendon Hooker uh, to the transfer transfer portal. Lost their, their best running back. Lost their best offensive lineman. Uh, they do have some key pieces coming back, as I mentioned earlier, because of that eligibility rule. So that's beneficial. Uh, but I think this is an opportunity. You talk about planting a flag. This is an opportunity on a national scene in a primetime game to start the season when North Carolina can roll into Lane Stadium and smack the Hokies around. Uh, this is not a prediction pod, but if North Carolina does not beat up on the Hokies, you can bury them on their home field. I think you can do that, and you can escort Justin Fuente out of Blacksburg most likely. Uh, I don't see that game being particularly close. I, I don't think that's one of the toughest games on the schedule by far, uh, and I think that's one where North Carolina should embrace it. Great motivation for the offseason but they should circle that one to know that they have to go up there and, and beat some tail uh, to really get the season started off right. And I think they should do it. And that should be the expectation. Tommy, let me jump in there. Yep. I, I, uh, I agree with about 30% of what Greg just said. <laughs> um, but it's, it's in Blacksburg and, and Greg is a big, uh, if they haven't done it before, I'm not buying into it. I am kind of guy and they've beaten Virginia tech twice. I think, uh, since, uh, Virginia tech entered the ACC and Greg and I were side by side in the press box during one of those and laughed about it all the way home. Uh, but 2009, that was a big upset game. Yeah. It was a big upset game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but here, here's the thing. I, 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 
as I said, I agree with a lot of, well, 30% of what Greg said, but, um, you know, Virginia tech is going to be highly motivated. Uh, it's true that if you look objectively at the, uh, talent on both teams, North Carolina is the more talented team. No question about it. And Sam Howell is going to be a third year starter, um, you know, at that game, but you know, that's the kind of game like the Florida state game, um, where not necessarily the most talented team wins. And I'll take a early bet with Greg. I don't think that North Carolina will be favored by more than five points in that game. Uh, if they're a five point favorite, I would be surprised. Uh, so it depends on who Virginia tech brings in. Cause like Greg said, they lost to everybody. They'll have a bunch of guys that played for somebody else last year. Well, you know, they got a good piece of their defense coming back. Um, you know, that, that as Greg's article talked about on inside Carolina, I think they had three seniors decide to come back mm-hmm. and play. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's an ACC game and, um, you know, they give out 85 scholarships just like everybody else does. And so, um, we don't know. I mean, I, I don't like Braxton Burmeister as a quarterback. He's not my favorite, particularly because he throws for well under 60% completions. And in today's world, if you're not completing at least 60% of your passes, you're not a top echelon quarterback. And so, but that said, uh, it's not going to shock me if North Carolina goes up there and Burmeister throws to 300 and rushes for 100. Um, you know, it's. I do think that North Carolina's defense is going to be better than the defense that played Virginia Tech last year. And, and I don't think North uh, Virginia Tech's offense is going to be as good as the one that played North Carolina last year. So we'll see. I, I if, I, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably say that North Carolina is going to win that game, but go up, going up there and slapping them around and winning by. 62 to 26. I'm not ready to go there yet. You sound like a hedge fund, baby buck. You hedging on everything you're talking about. Take a side, man. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. I, I think I did. I, I, I don't, I don't think that North Carolina is going to win as big as Greg says they are. And, you know, I, I think it's, it could be a tight game decided by a field goal. Oh, so, let's get a bet right now. Let's get a, a January 28th bet on that game. I got a double-digit North Carolina victory in Blacksburg. All right, but you take it? 11, 10 uh, or more? Yeah, yeah, 10 or more yeah. or less than 10. All right. I, I, I will take a bet with Greg that North Carolina wins by less than 10. What are we betting? I, I don't know. Around uh, the golf, around the golf at Pinehurst. I'm bottle, bottle of whiskey. How about that? Yeah, we, we can go with that, but, you know, I buy cheap whiskey, so <laughs> – uh, that's not a big win for you. <laughs> well, Greg's idea of cheap whiskey is like $100 a bottle, so he'll yeah. go for that. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, let's look. Let me – y'all threw me off. I had good questions lined up. Now I'm thinking about whiskey and, and playing golf. Greg, I'll come your way. Um, this is something that I think we'll find interesting. Carolina hiccuped against Virginia and Florida State. Where are the hiccup games in this schedule for North Carolina? 
That's a good question, Tom. And, and as I said earlier, I really think the ACC is going to be better as a whole. Um, and so while, while I do openly bang on Virginia Tech, I don't think Virginia Tech's near as good as some of the other teams on this schedule. Um, I mean, Georgia State, clear victory, right? Virginia, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a hiccup. I think Virginia's going to be pretty good. Um, that's that's going to be a tough game. They've won four straight against Carolina. Uh, I mean, Georgia Tech, Duke, they're not. I mean, I think Georgia Tech will be good eventually. They're not there yet. FSU by October, I mean, if McKenzie Milton somehow can play and be 90% of what he was, maybe Norvell can get that turned around to that's a competitive game, right? Um, I mean, I think State will be pretty good. I think Wake's going to be good because they return pretty much everybody. Um, you know, North Carolina needed a 21-point rally to, to beat them last year. I think Pittsburgh's going to be good, and I know people bang on me because I'm a Pat Narduzzi fan. Um, so I think there's a lot of games that are going to be challenging. And so uh, some of those are, are going to be games where you know, North Carolina may only be favored, kind of to Buck's point, may only be favored by a touchdown or so. And, you know, touchdown favorites only win, you know, 70 or so percent of the time. So some of those games are probably going to happen where North Carolina could stub its toe very easily. Um, but I think there is a, a clear difference in some of the bad teams, like the Wofford and Georgia State and Duke, probably – Georgia Tech, where North Carolina could play their C game and win, and then a lot of these other games against decent opponents. You're right about Florida State. I mean, they brought in some good some good transfers, and Mackenzie Milton was just a monster um, at his last stop. And then nobody mentioned the Miami game. And this is one that if you look at inside Carolina message boards, a lot of people wanted that game to be early. Um, with the Eric King in question, and I guess in Cozy Perry stayed after all. Um, and no, he's, he's not. Perry's changed his mind again. He pulled his name out solely to graduate this spring, and then he's he's transferring anyway. Okay, so the Eric King or bust for Miami at or least the, at this point. They've got the Garcia fellow. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be an interesting matchup, um, and you got to think Miami's got that game circle to try to get some payback buck is the buy and, and this is probably irrelevant but is the buy at a good spot for north carolina i would have liked to have seen it a couple of weeks before um, but leading into notre dame is that a good spot for carolina i think it's an excellent spot and for these reasons uh, not to discount anyone but uh north carolina should prevail pretty easily over georgia state if if they don't then what are we even talking about football for, you know? Uh, and, and then, um, you know, at Georgia Tech, you know, that could be, you know, somewhat competitive uh, through, you know, two and a half quarters. But if it's more competitive after that, again, you know, we, we're underestimating, we're overestimating what North Carolina is going to be. And then you got Duke on October 2nd and – I don't even know what adjective to use when I talk about Duke next year. I, they're not going to be very good, you know. Uh, Back to normal Duke we all not, knew and loved. Not good. Not good. They're not going to be good. Uh, they weren't great last year, and they're losing what? I'm not half sure their losing. Team, I'm not know? sure losing the quarterbacks a bad thing, but they lo do lose Rump. And Rump was yeah pretty uh, solid. Duke, Duke's not going to be very good, so. Uh, you, you got Georgia state, you got Duke, uh, Georgia tech, you, you got those three games in the front end of the schedule. So, 
to to your point, yeah, I, I'm not seeing a lot of uh, competitive ball games in the first half, except for Florida State. You know, Florida State should be a game that North Carolina has circled on their uh, schedule because Florida State beat them last year, and Florida State. Uh, believe it or not, is a very talented team, regardless of the transfers they got coming in, the uh, quarterback and other people. But if, if you look at the 24-7 team ranking composites, I mean, Florida State is an extremely talented team. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that comes together for them. But, uh, yeah, uh, in, in some ways, in that first half of the schedule, North Carolina is – they're not getting a buy, but they are getting teams that are going to be weaker than the teams that they play in the back half of the schedule. Now they'll, they'll have to play uh, Miami after they play uh, Florida state, but after that, they get a buy and, you know, Georgia state, they're going to play a lot of freshmen Duke. They'll probably play a lot of freshmen at Georgia tech. They'll probably play a lot of freshmen. I mean, there are opportunities there to, I'm not going to call them a buy because I, I'll get slammed for that, but opportunities to work on roster and depth chart and all of that, get people experience that they, uh, you know, will be able to use on the back half of the schedule. And so then you get the buy in front of Notre Dame. I think it's at the perfect spot, to be honest with you. That's fair, 100% fair. We'll, we'll call those games by like so as not to offend by adjacent <laughs> well let me ask you this tommy um the the only surprise on the schedule when it was released was wake forest and that game had been penciled in for the end of september i mean for five years um so when you look at the schedule north carolina's the final six weeks of the regular season pittsburgh is the only coastal division game and so while we are talking about this schedule being backloaded uh i mean notre dame's non-conference wake forest is non-conference wofford is non-conference nc state is atlantic division crossover so we're going to have a pretty good idea of where north carolina is relative to the acc championship game as soon as that miami game is over with on october 16th that is before the bye week um, and so while I agree with, with Buck, certainly about, you know, some of these teams in the first half really are not that good. There are a lot of coastal division opponents there. Uh, and so I don't know if, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just, just wanted to throw it out there. Cause I did think that was interesting that the majority of the non-conference games are late in the year this year. Well, when I'm looking at it, it's why I kind of, I'm torn on whether I like divisions or not. Cause if, if there weren't divisions, then it wouldn't matter, right? But like you said, they can stack up a lot of – at least a lot of tie-breaking wins mm -hmm. before the Miami game or up to, through the Miami game. Um, and, and so, you know, if they get – if they're, what, 6-0 and in the conference after Miami, I mean, they're pretty much locked in to the ACC championship game um, regardless of what happens the rest of the season. And I don't necessarily like that. Uh, I mean, that's – fun to see but i'd like to see competition 
And the other component, too, is that I think Miami only plays two coastal games or two ACC games before that Carolina matchup. So if they happen to win the Carolina game, then Miami has a lot of work to do remaining, and Carolina's just basically sitting around saying, okay, we have all these non-conference games left, and we have to see kind of what Miami does to tell us about our, our future. Well, yeah. it's, it's a little confusing, right, because even though North Carolina doesn't play any coastal division games after the Miami game, a bunch of coastal division teams do, mm-hmm. you know, so the coastal division race may not be decided, you know, by the Miami game because Miami is, you know, got to play some coastal division teams. Virginia Tech's going to have to play some, uh, and you know, while we're on that point, because this is going to come up down the road and we're going to be talking about it from now until the preseason. But I, you know, I see this uh, unlike most coastal division years where anybody can win. I think it's going to be North Carolina or Miami. One of those two, I, I don't see another coastal division team being able to compete for the title, um, in 2021. Am I wrong in that, Greg? Are you looking at it in the same way? I, I don't see a Virginia Tech or a Virginia or a Pittsburgh or, you know, anybody else, you know, sneaking into the championship, uh, Coastal Division championship conversation. It, I think it's either going to be North Carolina or Miami. And so in some ways, we might say that the biggest game of the season might come on October the 16th uh, against Miami in Canaan. Yeah, and I think, I think the other element of that, and I, I agree that it's going to be Carolina or Miami, is that you do have a lot of teams capable of playing spoiler, though. I, mean, I do think Virginia uh, can win a game against North Carolina or Miami. I do think Pittsburgh can win a game against Carolina or Miami. Um, Virginia Tech, uh, I, I don't necessarily think so, but maybe they can. Who, who's the home team between Virginia and Miami this year? Uh, I, I think that makes a difference because – Oh, Miami's Virginia, yeah, yeah. Virginia is a much better home team than a road team over the last. Look at it over the last three or four years. Yeah, they they play tough at home, and when they're not at home, they don't play nearly as tough. I don't know if that's a something we can you know hang our hat on, but that's just how it's been. Well, and they've got a, they got a tough stretch there too because they're at UNC, Wake Forest on a short week, and then at Miami on a short week. Well, if you look at Miami, all right, Miami opens with Alabama. And Florida State has not been the same since they played Alabama. How many years ago? (laughs) I mean. Miami may only have half of their roster left after they play Alabama. Remember when Alabama and Michigan opened the season several years ago? We hadn't heard about Michigan since. Uh, I mean, those are games. DeAndre Francois still having nightmares, I think. (laughs) Those are games that wreck entire seasons, and, and Miami's got to do that. And then they play App, and Michigan State's not any good. What what's interesting to me when I look at the schedule and when you look at the whole ACC forums, I mean, I think Carolina's got a pretty good breakup. It's, you know, they've got three home games in a row there in October, which I don't really like from a fan perspective because that's a lot of straight weeks to, to do it. But when you look at Virginia Tech's schedule, Virginia Tech's loaded. They play two straight, then away, and then four straight at home. And then they've got at, at, Duke at home, at, Miami at Virginia. I just, 
I know there's no rhyme or reason to be able to put this together or to try to have a rhyme or reason, but it is tough to NC State, for example. They play at Boston College, at Miami, Louisville at home, at Florida State, at Wake. I mean, just so many disjointed schedules, I think. But when I look at Miami's, the first thing I see is Alabama in the kickoff class, and I'm like, they're dead. They're, they're going to get destroyed. So, Do you, do you dare start – Derek King, if he is cleared like the middle of August, do you put him in that game? I don't. I, I think. I think. Uh, I don't see how you don't. I mean, you, I think you, Diaz will definitely put him in if he's ready to go. I mean, he's not going to hold him out. Yeah. Uh, if he's not one hundred percent ready to go, and they play him in that, uh, that might that could be the last we see of Derek King all yeah. year. I mean, it's just. I mean, Miami. Yeah, we don't him. wish anybody any bad luck, but that's just how it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. And then you know they get those four straight home games. But Greg is the short week for Carolina. Let me hold on a second. Let me talk about Johnny T-shirt right fast. Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt.com. Great sponsors of Inside Whoa! Carolina. Great friends of Inside Carolina. Buck loves them. Jason Staples always loves them. Um, you can't beat it. I love them, Tommy. Come on. And Greg loves them, but I can't get Greg oh, where, to wear where, anything where other we, than a golf shirt. Where can we get a woohoo out of you, uh, Greg? There, you know, I mean, it's too, it's too I got to work on my woohoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got oh, you could go, mmm. Mmm. <laughs> there we go. He's got, <laughs> that's awkward. Uh, we still love Johnny T shirt, though. And uh, what's cool about Johnny T shirt is I'm going to get to go see him sometimes this fall because I've got a new Tar Heel in the family and he's got to go get Carolina gear. When he goes to chapel. Oh, oh, did did he get in? Davis got in. Yes, sir. Woohoo. That's a big woohoo. Absolutely. Four generations of Tar Heels from this family. So uh while inside Carolina is definitely uh an awesome part, North Carolina is the hugest part of this family and he is the next in line so he will shop at Johnny T shirt and Johnny T shirt.com. He will get to know them well. I'm going to take another break. Let the ad, national guys pay some bills. We'll be right back with special 2021 Carolina football podcast schedule, schedule football podcast, something like that. We'll be right back. <laughs> Boys, it's been a long day. We're back. InsideCarolina.com podcast. Greg Barnes, Buck Sanders. Started to ask about the short week, Greg, leading up to uh, Carolina's game at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Does – does that matter? I mean, Pitt's away before that. At least Carolina's got a home game. So, uh, first of all, A, give me some news on why Carolina plays Pittsburgh on a Thursday night every time they go up there. And, B, does it matter that it's Thursday on a short week? Yeah, I, I, there clearly is some kind of agreement, right, with why they always play at Hinesfield. Um, I know Pittsburgh always hosts a, a home game on Thursday night just because that is Hinesfield. It's, it's the Steelers field and so that that helps out a little bit with their scheduling carolina uh really doesn't want home games on thursday night except for the rare occasion um and for some reason that's just worked for the acc every other year that's, that's an easy easy one to slot in um beyond that i don't know it's it'd be worth asking if there's anything more than that to it uh but in terms of the the short week you know it's you do have you're at, at notre dame then you have wake uh, so you have a, a road game against you know, that could be a top ten matchup, um, and then you know, Wake is a is a local team. You know how those go, games have gone recently; they've been very competitive. Uh, and then you, 
as we talked about earlier, given the way the coast was set up, I mean, that Pittsburgh game could be important. It could be a key for, for North Carolina. Um, and so it's, it makes it a challenge because what's going to happen is as soon as that wake game is over on Saturday, Mac and his staff have to get to work. They've got to start planning because the team will have a condensed week and then they'll have to get on the road up to Pittsburgh. So uh, it will be a little bit of a challenge for the team. Um, but you know, this is why those kids play the game. So I, I think we make it a bigger deal than what it is, but, but no doubt uh, it's outside of your normal operating procedure and coaches and players are creatures of habit. So having to adjust uh, sometimes can pose some problems. I, I think the last time North Carolina had a short week against Pittsburgh, they won. Um, you'd have to check the math on that for me, Greg, but, um, I think they had a short week against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago or three years ago and come came away with a win. Pittsburgh's only beaten UNC once, I think, since they came into the league. And I think that was probably the, that was, that was Mac's first year. Was it not up there? That was probably a short week. Fedora was undefeated against Pittsburgh. If I remember. Yeah. For some reason, I, yeah, that's that's one of the anomalies of coaching. Buck, the reason that Thursday at Pitt irritates me personally is because you talked about going to see a game at Pittsburgh. They put it on Thursday night, and it messes with the working man. Well, always, you, you're you're about ready to retire anyway, ain't you? Aren't you, Tommy? Uh, <laughs> okay. We're getting close. We're getting close. Yeah. Still got a couple more years. Buck's the young one. I mean, uh, Greg's the young one of the bunch. Here. Well, yeah, you could probably get the Friday off, uh, you know, ahead of the Pittsburgh game. Well, let me slip this in. So, and, and 15 was that short week that the buck was talking about uh, North Carolina won that one, 26, 19. And then the last two times they've played up there in 17 and then, and then again in 19, both of course, Thursday night games, uh, they actually had 10 days to prepare. So they, they've had it both ways and have had plenty of success uh, both ways. It's a weird anomaly. I'd like to hear somebody in the ACC talk about it. Um, as well, North Carolina doesn't want to play on Thursday night in Canaan, uh, right? You know, one hundred percent. But those that was zero dark Thursday on Thursday night. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And but, then the Florida State game in 08 was on Thursday. Those were great but, atmospheres. But they don't want to play on Thursday night in Canaan. But they're obligated under contract to play a Thursday night game every other year. Greg, is that right, or something yes. along those lines? It's very frequent. They have to play them. So yeah. So I, I think that's why UNC ends up in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's fine on playing a Thursday night because uh, they're in the Steelers Stadium. Yep. Um, and so and the stadium's off campus. It doesn't interfere with their uh, you know classes or anything like that. So I, I guess they've gotten into a comfort zone doing it that way. It's a fun place too. Ideally, they'd play on a Saturday in September. You'd go see the the Pirates play on Friday. Go see Carolina play Saturday, and maybe the Steelers were at home too as well on Sunday. That would be the ideal I, Pittsburgh trip. I, I've got a question for Greg and for you too, Tommy. Do you see a trap game on the schedule? That's something everybody always talks about. Uh, is there a trap game on this schedule for UNC? The only one I can I can think of would be Florida State, um, because for the reasons we've we've talked about, and as as Buck pointed out, Florida State's not been bad because of talent. They've been bad just because of culture, and uh, you know I think 
not to speak for Staples, but I, I think Jason likes Mike Norvell uh, and thinks that culture can get turned he around. He liked Willie Taggart too there for a while. So yeah, true. Um, but if that, that culture gets turned around, and as I said, you know, if McKenzie Milton has some comeback player of the year type thing going on, but it takes him a little bit of time to kind of get going, that could be a game where we're talking about Miami as, oh, you two potential undefeated teams and Florida State sitting there after the Duke game. Um, you're ready to kind of strike back and ruin that conversation. That's, that's the only one that I see. I, if they hadn't lost last year, I could see that. I don't think is they don't get over yeah they don't get overlooked this year because they lost that one last year because that one last year even though I think ultimately Carolina still plays in the Orange Bowl and all that stuff last year even if they had beaten Florida State that's the game the entire fan base talks about even more so than the Virginia loss losing to Florida State so I don't I don't think that's if I had to pick a trap I want to say Wake Forest. simply because Wake Forest is always better than people give them credit for, even though it may not show in their record, and then maybe at Pittsburgh, just depending on how the schedule schedule goes. But if Florida State or Virginia sneak up on North Carolina, I'd be extremely shocked. Um, so I think we've covered it all, at least for the January version of the schedule podcast. Buck, I am going to ask you a question that you're not going to like. Give me a – predict your record right now, nine months before the season. Just give me a record quick. Don't think about it. I'm going to say the ESPN uh, football power index is going to peg North Carolina at 8.5 wins. That's where I'm going. Ooh, so listeners, eight, eight and a half, take the over or under. Greg, what's your pick? Yeah, I agree with that. Really? So if Carolina went nine and three, you guys would think it was a successful season? Yeah, they were eight and four last year. Baby steps. I say 10 wins. 10 wins floor. I think well, – I'm surprised you didn't say 11, Tommy. 10 wins first. floor. Do we, have, do we need to have this conversation? We've already had it on the message board. Do we need to have it here? Might as well flesh it out. How many times that... How many times has Carolina won 10 games since 1888? Well, here, here's the question. Here's the question to end the One, conversation. Two. Is North Carolina strong enough, as Jason Staples would say, in the trenches to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. If that's true, 10 wins is on the table. Sure. If not, then, then we're looking at something less than 10, 10, 10 wins. That's, that's how I come out. Yeah. But that's, that's why I say we're talking about like expectation and goals versus floor. So yeah. we're talking about 10 wins as a floor. That's if everything that goes bad that could go bad, we're sitting at 10 wins. And, and by the way, when I said eight and a half, I said that's what the ESPN yeah. football power sure. index is going to say. There's not, the hedge, my, my baby. Personal, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that 100% covering my butt <laughs> all the way through. Uh, but that's what the, I think the power index, that's a, I think that's where they'll come out. I think nine and three in the regular season is a – a decent season. I think 10 should be what it is. Um, so I would set the over under at nine and a half. They've won nine games. How many times since 97? Greg? Does Keyshawn Silver know, or was he even alive at all that stuff? That's my right. point on those kind of things. Yeah, These yeah. guys don't know that. Uh, Greg is that if they ain't done it before, I'm not believing it kind of guy. I've got to see it. I mean, yeah, but that's like saying, 
I'm putting it on Greg, not on me. So, <laughs> okay, we'll debate this plenty in this off season, spring, and then you guys are gonna have to predict it. And we're putting money on our preseason podcast, and we are, or at least a bottle of bourbon or something like that. Well, that's yeah. that's cash to me because it's less yeah. cash out of my pocket. Boys, it's been fun. Buck Sanders and Greg Barnes. I've been your host, Tommy Ashley. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tommy. I enjoyed it, guys, as always. Yep. Support Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com, and always subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcast. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.